Welcome back to another episode of Velocio by Badland podcast, where we will talk about some race stuff you have never heard before, the story behind it all, and you will find out why is it called the wildest gravel challenge in Europe. I am Maya and I will, I'll be your host for today, and I'm with the best companies that I can have, with Olivia Dillon and Cynthia Fraser. Both have done this incredible race, and not just that, they both were the runner-ups, Olivia in 2021 and Cynthia in 2022. Hi Olivia, hi Cynthia, thanks for being with me today. Um, yeah, last episode we heard about Olivia's adventure, so today she will help me out getting all the insights from Cynthia's race. Cynthia, can you present a bit of yourself for the ones that do not know you? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Cynthia Frazier, and I am from near Washington, D.C., in Virginia, in the USA. Um, I raced Badlands in 2022 as my first multi-day ultra race, and uh, I dove right in to, to the what what is the most uh, crazy uh, ultra race, I, I would say, in the scene, at least at that point in last year. So I'm excited uh, to give it a shot this year in 2023. Um, I am also on a women's team called Velocio Exploro. We're a gravel team out of the U.S., and we have some international races and rides that we do. Um, but we also attend some of the biggest gravel races that the U.S. has to offer. And another thing I do, I plan a gravel race myself in the U.S., so that's kind of a side thing. Um, but yeah, I love bikes, and I love being on my bike for a long time and, and being with people who ride bikes as well. And I'm excited for Badlands 2023 to see kind of what I can do after uh, last year with my it being my first race and I learned a lot so I'm excited for it. How did you hear about Badlands? Um, it was actually really kind of a random chance I saw maybe like December of 2021 uh, something on Instagram about it and I had done the 2021 Unbound XL race and really liked the long distance and had started getting into ultra riding or, you know, like longer 12, 15 hour days during COVID. And then um, when I saw that Badlands ad, I thought, well, this looks really cool. Like I would love to travel to Europe. I've always been interested in doing something a little longer and it seemed like a good option. And actually, it's funny. Uh, when the first, when the race first went out, I, um, I was, I didn't think it would sell out so fast. So I went on a bike ride during the time that like it was open and I missed the window and I was super bummed about it. Uh, but I applied for the wait list and I, I was able to get off the wait list, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I heard about and got into the race last year. That's great. Yeah. It's interesting that it, right. It sells out. These things sell out. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. this year it's even, I, I don't know how, I think maybe I might be wrong. Something like 2,000 people applied or something like that. It's everybody wants to do it. It's kind of like the unbound of Europe, which is funny because they're totally different distances and totally different things, but people are really excited about Badlands because it's awesome. I could say from experience. <laughs> See, I mean, you mentioned how you got into ultra cycling, essentially COVID, riding longer. So you did unbound XL as your kind of first dip into this and then went straight to to Badlands from yeah um well yeah so I did Unbound XL I've actually done it twice now um and when I when I was getting ready to do the XL I knew I needed to do some sort of like overnight riding so there there's a, a race here called Rockstar in Virginia and it's I don't know like 250 miles or something it's a lot of elevation so it took me I don't know 26 24 25 hours um, so that was my first overnight experience. Um, and then Unbound was my second. So, but nothing more than that. That was, those were my only like 24 
or 30 hour days of riding. Um, so on with Badlands, I guess, I think it took me 62 or 62 and a half hours or something. So it was definitely, I dove in head first into, <laughs> that's how I do it though. It's, it's more, in, it's more exciting that way. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Um, was it your first time in Spain? Actually, I have been, it's funny, I had been to the same area, not Granada, but um, just a little south near Malaga, like a winter training camp in, I don't know, maybe 2017. Um, but I wasn't riding off road. I was I was riding off road then, um, but I was I didn't bring, I had like a, a road bike, so I didn't get to explore any of the, the cool areas there off road. Uh, but it was a whole different experience from then to when I went in 2017. Yeah, very it's crazy the the landscape in that area of Spain out of Granada and then over to the coast where the the Badlands route is is just it's like you're on the moon sometimes it's so wild well what was your favorite part of the of the course uh you're, you know I have to think back because there's so many good spots there's also some really really challenging places but uh I would say when you are, I think it's Cabo de Gato National Park where you drop in to the, like you're coming from that crazy, it's the landscape is wild. And then you drop down and you see the the ocean. I think that was, even though I was in the lowest of lows at that point uh, during the race, that was probably the lowest I was at. Um, it was the most beautiful. So kind of like counteracted or counterbalanced the, the rough experience I was having. But that just seeing the ocean and being up really high and you do this wonderful descent and yeah, it was super beautiful. I think that's maybe... I didn't get to see, um, I guess it's the Guadix area where the, um, the like classic photos that you see of the race where those crazy, you know, hillsides with the, the winding road. I actually went through there when it was like basically just past sunset. It was too dark for me to see anything. Um, this year, my goal is to be there during the day so I can actually see it. Yeah, the, well, getting to the ocean, I found... I found that, that I would be there a lot sooner and it took forever. So I, cause I had that same feeling, just get to the ocean, just get to the yeah. ocean. <laughs> you know, I mean, it feels a lot better. And then of course it took a long time to get there. And then once you get there, you're riding through sand. Yeah. But well, that's, a, that's the question, you know, the day and nighttime. And as you approach doing it this year, will you try to change up your strategy so you can see the whole course? Because you probably missed a lot of it by riding through the nighttime. Yeah, I think that's one thing about ultra racing that's kind of the only bummer. There's 99.9% yeah. .9 of it is good, except when you're racing and you're going fast and you're, you know, you're you're riding in the nighttime to, to um, I guess, maybe be like, quote unquote, competitive. You do miss some of the landscapes, um, which is a bummer. But I think this year I ended up sleeping a little longer than I would have liked to um, in some places and stopped longer than I would have liked to like my re I mean it was my first ultra so I had no idea what I was doing so I'm hoping that this year um with less stop time that I will get to see some more things and like sort of just like take the time that last year I was riding at night and transfer that to the day and hopefully there'll be more things that I will I'll catch during the day or during the light now Olivia said she had a strategy and then she kept changing it a bit and adapting. What did you have a strategy? Did you change it? Well, tell us like you told us about your low, but also your high, like your best moments. Yeah, um, I, I think with ultra racing, there are a lot of people that plan strategy and they plan all these things out. I'm a 
I'm not really a planner when it comes to the race. I mean, I know where the stops are, but I think you just have to listen to your body and do what you need to do. And, and by planning things, I think it's more stressful for me. I know that there are people out there who need that and that like kind of like rigidity is good for them. But for me, I needed it to be as flexible as possible. And I need to just know at what point there's water and there are stops. So I think I'll do the same thing for this year. And now I actually have the experience from last year and knowing like, okay, there was a fountain here. I went here and I ran out of water. So I'm going to carry more water. I put a water bottle in my back pocket or, um, you know, something like that. Um, so those, those kinds of things are in my strategy this year. I will also probably carry a lot more food than I did. Um, actually is Badlands is a, as my first race, I underestimated the, uh, resupply that the race has. It's actually a lot less than most of the ultras that I've done since then. Um, so I remember before the race, Lael had this saddlebag that was huge and I was like is she carrying sleeping stuff like what is in there and I, I, I later learned it was food she had done some recon of the route and realized there are no good resupply locations especially the first one it's just a restaurant and there's not a lot of food there um, so if you're waiting for the food it takes a while Spain they like to take their time <laughs> um, so I, I spent a, a ton of wasted time there um, and if I had had more food with me then I wouldn't have had to stop for so long. Um, and when you stop for that long, it just you're, it's super hard to get going again. And it's just a really tough on the mental strain. Um, so yeah, I learned, I definitely learned a lot more about resupply because of that race. And I'll definitely change my strategy to carry more food with me um, in my saddlebag or in my pockets or whatever, instead of relying at least in the first part of the race on like the bars that there are in Spain. After a while, you get to a point where there's more locations you can get like um their grocery stores or um, supermarkets that you can get food at um but yeah getting food at a bar if, if you're there to enjoy the route do it you know stop at the bar enjoy it have a you know have a peroni or whatever like enjoy being there but if if you're trying to be competitive in race those are not the places that you want to be spending a lot of time at um and you will because they did they like to take their time at those places They're, they don't give you a hundred Spain and she knows how that works but in the yeah. south I was kind of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. You know, sorry. Sorry. What did you say? That living here, you appreciate the, yeah. the things that are more relaxed and mm -hmm. that for sure. But yeah, in a race. And I need to clarify, I didn't really have a strategy either. So it's good to hear that Cynthia didn't either. But I, my strategy was to just ride as long as I could and then mm. see what happens. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good strategy. <laughs> in the car, when to drive there. Like hearing the strategies yeah. from you uh, and from yeah. Sally and the, we're going to do this. And then this kilometer, I'm like, really? I don't feel like I was that informed. I forget these things. So You often forget things in the race. I feel like you can do a whole ultra and remember one thing. You're like, wait, what happened in that whole amount of time? It was three days or two and a half days and I don't remember half of it. No. Well, you're pretty good. I have um, read some of your post-race um, Oh. Um, reports on Instagram and you can remember what you ate. So that's, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, tell us about that because I love seeing those posts. It's uh, so much. I think that's the thing that people don't realize, though, how much you eat and then how unhealthy you eat because sometimes fries are better than a bar. Yeah, just start looking for different things. Yeah. Yeah, your body really only... I, I learned since doing Badlands, I really thought I needed real food. I was like, oh, I need to stop and I need 
that's one of the reasons why I was at these bars for so long. I was like, I need to get a sandwich and I'm, I'm a vegetarian. So that makes it even right. harder. So, you know, you're like trying to explain, like, I need the pan with tomato and cheese and no egg and just like all the things like it's very, it's, it's, it's stressful. We don't speak the language, but I learned that I don't actually need quote unquote real food. Um, my body just needs carbohydrates for something that's like three days or three and a half days or shorter. I can really survive on just like bread or um, like just plain bread or um, like lots of gummies. So many gummies. Your body just absorbs all of that. And I, br I bring a toothbrush because after a while your mouth gets totally destroyed. Yeah. But um, yeah, your body can can really function on just carbohydrates and sugar for a long time because you're burning it so fast um, that it's just like whatever you put in, it's mostly fine. Um, I did learn at Badlands last year, though, that nuts don't work very well. I threw up probably, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes after leaving that first bar in Gore. Um, and I lost, I lost all the French fries I had waited for. I lost all of the kind bars that were like chocolate and nuts. Like, I don't know why I thought that was going to be good. I was like, oh, it's plenty of calories, mm -hmm. but it's it, calories and carbohydrates are not the same. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I learned that the hard way and, and I, I haven't had an orange Fanta since that incident. Um, so, wow. Yeah. I just found myself wanting Coke and Fanta everywhere because I think the year we did it, it was, oh, it was so popular. Oh yeah. my God. So you're just dreaming of like that bubbly, sugary, cold <laughs> little drink. So, yeah. yeah. I've been there both years and yeah, your year was a bit warm than last year. We'll see this year because yeah, it's been pretty hot in Spain lately. Yeah, maybe it'll have died down by then. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't know. I don't mind it being hot though. For me, I mean, in Virginia where I live, it's like it's it's similar. It's it's true. Uh, Thirty-eight or forty C um, some days and hundred percent humidity or ninety percent humidity. So for me, I'm used to just pouring sweat and it's good heat adaptation. I, I felt really actually last year, even though it wasn't that hot at. Um, quote unquote that hot at the race last year it was still really really hot um I felt fine with the temperature I had never struggled with that um, but I know that a lot of people do struggle with that kind of thing yeah that's great and would you say now like after you did Badlands last year and then you've had a ton of experience doing some other longer races since right with mm -hmm. in Chile and Colombia and yeah I've had I've done a bunch of different races since then um just got back actually from memory bike, which was very hot. So I was like, this is great training. Um, memory bikes in Italy. It's another ultra. So, um, with what has, how has your, uh, I guess, uh, sleep strategy evolved? So after I did Badlands, I thought I really needed to sleep. That's another thing that took me a lot of time. Like I slept in a hotel for a couple hours. Um, and I learned why. Well, so, so Lail Wilcox is the queen of ultra endurance and she doesn't sleep for those short kinds of things. And I was like, how does she do it? I, if she can do it, I know I can do it. So I am, after I finished Badlands, like a week later, I was like looking for a race to do. I was like, I need to do it again. I need another shot. Um, so I found across Andes, which is in Chile, it's in November. Um, and my goal there was to, uh, not sleep or sleep as little <laughs> as possible. <laughs> um, and that one's actually longer than Badlands. It's, a thousand and fifty k, or maybe eleven hundred k. I can't remember. Um, it's six hundred thirty miles. I'm terrible at calculating it. But um, so I, yeah, my goal going into that was just to take very short naps. Um, so that's what I did. I I didn't sleep for more than maybe an hour and a half, and it took me, I forget how long that one took me, but like three days approximately, or three and a half days, maybe seventy eight hours. Uh, I think a BB or 
just slip. Yeah, so I don't, I, I carried him. Well, actually, at that point, I don't think I even was carrying an emergency blanket. Now I know an emergency blanket and an emergency, actually, emergency bivy is really the move because if it is really that cold, you want the, you want the plastic thing to go all the way around you and envelop you. Whereas like a blanket, you kind of like have to tuck it around you and it never does the same thing. And then you're touching the ground. And so if, if, um, yeah, if I, I actually just had one for the last race I did and I used it, even though, the the emergency things like that material is terrible inside you get all sweaty and yeah. it gets pretty wet it definitely is a savior um if it's cold um or if it's raining it protects you from the outside rain um so but yeah i don't carry anything in terms of like sleep setup but i do carry like um i carry a down jacket and two pairs of socks and like enough for me if i am going to sleep for 10 minutes that I'll sometimes I will if it's really cold I'll put a little bit of extra clothing on but when you sleep for that short amount of time you really just need to fall asleep and let your heart rate drop and then I don't know eight to 12 minutes later your body is like cold enough that it wakes up and then you're like can keep going now um so that was that was my that was my strategy at Chile in Chile and that will be the same thing I, I probably will take one nap or two naps of two min of 10 minutes uh, each of the nights at Badlands um and not actually sleep. <laughs> I know when I talk about it, I'm like, to me, it doesn't sound crazy. But then, it, or like when I think about it, it doesn't sound crazy. But then when I say it out loud, I'm like, that sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. And do you set an alarm for tipping? Yeah, usually I do. But I, I oftentimes wake up before the alarm. Like I think about eight minutes, almost it to a T every nap I've taken is eight minutes. Like it's like some sort of circadian rhythm that my body goes through. So, Yeah. Yeah, I had a conversation with Lael last year when she finished because she didn't sleep at all. She told me she just stopped for meditation and then 15 minutes and then back in the bike again. It's like, but I remember also like hearing a conversation that she was like having hallucinations the last uphill because it was so warm. Like, how, why, why do they do this? It just sounds so crazy. And then they always say they're never coming back. And then after a day, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll be back next year. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you do need the 24 hours of uh, just to decompress a little bit for it, right? Yeah. And then decide you're going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, the with the sleeping thing, um, you could do it without sleep. I think up to, I don't know, the men's winter last year didn't sleep at all. Uh, but for me, that like short nap is like kind of a reward. Um, so if I can give myself a couple things that are like, um, okay, in 12 or 24 hours, I can listen to music. Like that's, that's what I try and do. I try and make it as long as possible without using the music. And then after a certain time, like maybe one fourth of the way into the race, I get to listen to music. Um, and then the other thing would be like uh, a short nap, like, okay, you know what? I've ridden through the first night and I haven't, I didn't sleep the second night. I get to sleep for two, eight minute sessions or whatever. And, and those things are just like incentives to keep me going. Um, they, they're helpful for me. What were your material choices? Like your bike setup, the bags you were carrying? Tell us a bit about that for Badlands last year. And then what would you change a bit for this year? Yeah, last, honestly, there's not many things I would change. Um, I went pretty light on my setup. I did bring a, like a silk liner. Um, I don't, it was honestly the worst thing. I don't know why I brought it. It was, it, it's like what you use if you want to sleep inside a sleeping bag and are kind of like dirty. But I thought, well, maybe it'll keep me a little bit warm. It'll keep me off the ground and like not be dirty. Um, now I just sleep straight on the ground. Like I don't, it's fine. Whatever I'm dirty as it is. Um, so I won't carry that. Not that it was that big. 
Um, but I would carry, I'll swap it for an emergency blanket for some reason. If something happens, then I have that or the emergency bivy. I think one of the two. And then um, what else I carry? So I have a 3T Ultra that I have like 40 or 45 seat tires on, depending on um, this. For this one, I'll use the G1 RS tire and I'll probably do a 45 in the front and a 40 in the back. And then, um, yeah, I have Apidura bags uh, that I'll carry uh, like a half or full frame bag kind of situation. Um, and in that, I put a one and a half liter um, hydration bladder. I don't like to carry a hydration bladder on my back. I just don't like the weight. I don't like it's uncomfortable. It makes me feel it hurts my shoulders after a while. And I think it can attribute if you if anyone's ever heard of Sherman's neck, it can like attribute to potentially losing the strength in your neck. Um so yeah, I avoid the the uh, hydration pack. I use it for other things like I don't know mountain bike riding, but not not for racing. Um, so I I do carry three bottles and then the one and a half liter, which is enough. And occasionally I do need to carry one in my pocket if it's like a, a long stretch. Um, and then yeah, the rest of the things that I carry are just like tools, um, food, and then uh, plenty of clothing. I I think my go to now for racing with um, my Velocio kit is I carry a second set of bibs. So um, I carry the Lux bibs, which I start with. And those are my favorite. Um, just the way that they feel, the the mesh base layer in the front is really great. It keeps, it feels like a seatbelt almost. So I feel like really like protected with it. And then I also carry the utility bibs as a secondary. And I switch my my bibs every 24 hours or, or less, sometimes sh- shorter, just because salt can be really harmful um to your your soft tissue down there so i'll switch it out every every 24 hours and then wash the chamois in the sink or something like that um the utility bibs are great because they're like ultra lightweight and then the um, pockets are there so after a while halfway through the race you just get tired of like putting everything in the bags and your bike nice and perfect so then you just you have the pockets of the bibs and you can just shove everything in there and like There'll be like whole sandwiches or like, I don't know, you know, whole bags of gummies and I just am lazy and I put it there. Sometimes I put my cell phone there. Um, so those are great. And then for my my jersey, I use the um, concept jersey. The the band in the front is really, um, it's not as tight as some of the other ones. Um, so when you do an ultra race, your body swells a lot. Um, so yeah, I really like the concept jersey for that. The pockets are su- super durable and then it's got the zipper pocket so I can put like my money and my my chapstick in there so I don't lose it um and then I carry the knee warmers I carry arm warmers and I always have the um the wind vest which is my favorite um that's my favorite Velocio piece actually I I love that one um so yeah those and then I just carry a down jacket as well oh and also the rain jacket is just super great if it rains not that Badlands has the potential for rain usually but it's a good like outer layer that I can wear over either the down jacket with everything else underneath, the, like the vest, the, you know, all that, um, or just on top of um, like the short sleeve jersey if it kind of gets cold quickly and then the vest isn't enough. Um, so, yeah, that's usually, oh, I carry two pairs of socks also. That's a huge tip for people. A pair of wool socks because it can get cold at night. Uh, the merino wool ones are really great. I carry the thicker ones um, and then a pair of like lightweight socks that you can wear during the day. And after a while, I just end up wearing the wool socks, even though they're like ultra thick. Um, there's like I end up wearing those for the rest of the ride, like halfway through. I just get tired of switching them out. Um, but yeah, having a second pair of socks is really helpful because you never know what could happen. Um, 
Yeah, I think the thermoregulation of the wool socks actually helps, even though you think, yeah, they might be too thick for the weather, they, yeah. they can actually help. I think they know. do help a lot. Yeah. And then, yeah. then of course, then the material, you, if you're rubbing, like if you're doing any hike a bike, Wearing those socks is way better than wearing cotton or whatever the the, the material of the um, trail and regular socks mm -hmm. that Bluetooth has. They're great, but if you're walking in something like that, after a while, the rubbing could potentially cause blisters. So yeah, I, I would opt for those um, wool socks, um, the merino ones over the the other socks for any sort of hike a bike sections. Not that I would stop and change my socks, but I do think about it. Like I know that that section in um, at Badlands in the middle um, through the Tavernus. All right. And the rhombus, like that's probably, I would probably be wearing the wool socks for that because I know that if with that kind of walking, I, I don't want to have any blisters or the risk of blisters. Yeah. I'm, I'm with, interesting that it's really similar to what you told us. Because I'm with you on the two pairs of bibs. A lot of people don't want to carry the extra pair, but I actually think it's good, to, <laughs> to, it's good to uh, switch up the pressure points too. Yeah. Because even if like it's a similar chamois, but they're, it's slightly different, the compression is mm -hmm. going to be different. There's going to be yeah. different points. So um, yeah. therefore, especially if something does happen, you have a you have a change. So mm -hmm. and, and those ultra white ones, great. if you um, like the front of it, as um, if you stand up, actually more air comes into the chamois. So every once in a while, I'll just like when I'm going down a hill, I'll stand up in a certain way and then air will just flow through the chamois. It just kind of cools you down a little bit more. Those are not ultrate, sorry, the utility bibs. Um, yeah. They're definitely a more airflow kind of um, material, which I, I, when it's really hot, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And mentally as well. I think having two pairs of bibs, just changing them is like, oof, you feel like a different day, different person. Yeah. Yeah, usually you'll see my bike. I have my laundry just hanging like I, at the race I just did. I time after I wash the socks, I'll tie them on my handlebar and I, uh, I wrap my bibs around my saddle and like kind of put them over the saddlebag so they just like hang off and flap and eventually they get dry. Especially at something like you know Badlands, it's a lot warmer. Um, so yeah, just a bike with laundry on it. So from a competition standpoint, are you tracking the other riders as you go? So last year I tried to track the other riders, but um, I've learned so many things since my like American cell phone uh, plan didn't have enough internet for me to like look anything up. I couldn't look up grocery stores. I couldn't look up the the um, track leaders page or the you know the follow my dot page um, on Dot Watcher. So I um, I was at, last year was actually quite hard. This this year I've learned like you have to have a you know an eSIM where you can actually have data of the local whatever. So I will definitely be tracking it this year. Um, I understand a little bit more how those pages work too. Like I can easily go to like the leaderboard and I don't know. I just, you learn so many things last year. It was like, um, I was not as efficient at, at tracking, but this year I definitely will. This is Badlands is for sure. My a race this year is the most important one to me because I, um, I feel like I, I need some redemption after last year. <laughs> so I will definitely be bringing the best I've got to the race. Um, and that includes making sure that I'm watching the tracker while I'm racing. Actually, last year, this is so funny. I think out around halfway through the race, I realized, but um, on Wahoo, you are you can actually um, allow others to see where you are. And Lael also has a Wahoo. And I, I had my my thing turned on. Um, and I think I was ahead of her until uh, we were going up to Los Libres. She passed me and I was like trying to sleep on the side of the road. And I know that she saw me because my, you know, my like things not moving. And eventually halfway through, I was like, I wonder if that thing is turned on. And I went and looked and, and sure enough, literally my like lo location was visible to all the other Wahoo riders. I was like, that's, 
<laughs> you, you live and you learn, I guess. <laughs> Okay, you told us about a bit of last year, but what strategy that you can tell us about you have for this year, like material setup, you want to buy more food, so what kind of food are you buying? A bit of, yeah, your insight. Sure. Well, last year, so last year I was a vegan. I mean, I'm not a vegan anymore, but I actually just don't like eggs, so that's it's still a struggle. I, I still um, have have problems trying to find food but now I know what to look for and I've spent a bunch of time in Spain at this point um so since last year um so I, I'm always on the lookout for pastries I love croissants any kind of croissant or like um yeah if you can find a a place that has like a flat pizza um those kinds of things are really good because you can stuff them in your pocket and eat them later and they're usually warm because it's hot outside so <laughs> um but yeah croissants uh, I'll this year I'll carry more gels I actually didn't I never used gels um, in maybe the last five or six years. I haven't been a gel person. I never really found the right one that worked for me. Um, and since I did Badlands last year, I didn't bring anything like that. And I realized like I need to find a gel that works like an emergency kind of situation. And also for the first day, you're riding super hard. And so it's a little harder to eat more food than you need. Um, so or eat enough food. So this year I... In the last year, I figured out I need to carry more gels. So I carry about 15 gels with me um, and I'll put some, I have a feed bag. That was the thing I didn't bring last year was I didn't have a feed bag and it's it's hard to get food um, and have it easily accessible while you're riding. So so I, I changed that. Now I have like a, a feed bag that care, it has just like gummies and lots of gels and has little side pockets where you can put trash in. So you're not like putting your gel pocket you know your gels in your pocket after you can use them and getting everything all nasty um so more gels is a big thing for me that's has significantly improved my eating game um I'll, I'll put half of them in the feed bag and then i'll put a bunch of them in my saddle bag for like the next day um also i carry a little bit of protein so um little protein packets from tailwind um that in our individual and at nighttime I will just I'll put one in a water bottle and shake it and have it. And even though protein necessarily isn't the best fuel for ultra racing or I mean for riding, it's good to like kind of add in those extra calories and have that when your body is kind of, especially at night, I think it's, um, I don't know, for me, it's just like a another like not quote unquote treat, but like a, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to take some protein. Um, and I think that's really helpful. Uh, so that's another thing that I've changed. Um I found that, you know, not having coffee. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I slept a little longer than you did. So not having, not waking up and not having coffee was hard. But then I was able to find some, um, like, a, a cold brew or mm. exactly mm -hmm. a cold brew, some sort of random, random cold thing. coffee thing that I was able to pack for my next nap. And then that was just pure bliss. I remember being able to wake up and actually drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I sometimes one race I actually carried um, one of those actually Kamut. They give out these little like individual coffee packets that are like tea bags. Um, yeah. And uh, so I've gotten those at races before and I've actually carried them in my saddlebag and then used them, put them in a water bottle for like overnight. And you wake up the next morning and the, the coffee has brewed and you have a, you have coffee. You've been hiding them from me, Maya. No, I don't want to. Tommy is the expert of that. I don't know. They're really good, so that's another thing. I'm, I haven't I haven't done that in the last couple of races. It's just like one more thing to have. But I do carry caffeine pills. Um, that's something that I learned 
I don't know, like maybe even when I did Unbound, just like as a thing to have in case you needed it. Now I carry these gels that have caffeine in them. So I don't end up using the caffeine pills as often. Um, but that's another like, I don't know, incentive or treat like at night. If I'm feeling low, I'll take a caffeine pill. I do have to be careful, though, because it can be a little irritant on your stomach. Yeah. Um, so I make Which sure you do something. Combined with the gels and, and yeah. like, come along with the Cokes and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever else. Yeah. When you finish, your body is just like shaking, you know. Like, <laughs> um, so I think I don't I can't think if there's anything else major that I changed that I will change. Um, just, yeah, more food, um, more water at certain points. And now I know from last year when, when I needed to carry more water, what to order when I'm at the bar. Like I'm not ordering French fries. I'm like looking in the ice cream cooler that they have at the bar and I'm buying three, eating two, carrying one and eating it in 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so things like that are just like the little things that I, I learned that help a lot. Um, and not going if you're sorry if you're uh, somebody who's listening who is going to do it though the water stops are pretty good because Spain is really good for mountains yeah. and mm-hmm. in all of these little towns and mm-hmm. you tend to you don't necessarily need to look them up beforehand you mm-hmm. can always know they're near the church or they're near the school in mm-hmm. the town so, or the cemetery or the playground and then you can always use income of you have the feature that you can put all the water yes oh that's cool I don't think I need that about Kamut I need to <laughs> need to look that up um yeah that's a that's knowing where um or like knowing where to look or where to like think is also another thing i didn't know now i i know those kinds of little things and the worst though is when you come up to one and it's dry that's always really really sad um but usually there's there's a store or when you when you're coming into a town there's like some sort of thing so last year i was just going to the bars that were right on the route but this year i will utilize um looking on maps or something for um, a supermarket. I would rather go to a supermarket than a bar, for sure. Um, I think that's a strategy um, all the riders, almost all the riders use, because it's quicker. You get it in shop and then you... Yeah. And there's more options, too. I mean, you can... They usually have, like, I don't know, you can buy buy candy, Coke, um, pastries, and, you know, sometimes they have pre-made sandwiches. You can do that kind of thing. At a bar, it's like, yeah, all you can usually get is, like, a bag of chips, and coke and maybe some ice cream um which is just not enough it's enough right then but when when you're racing you know one thing i i definitely have learned is like when you get to the place where you're resupply you're doing your resupply especially if you're trying to go and be fast and efficient the last thing you want to do is actually be eating when you get there like you want to get there buy the things and be eating on the bike um so any movement on your bike is faster than sitting um so that's a that's like a huge thing for like I don't know if you have air, if people that use aero bars you can eat easier with your aero bars. Um, I'm not a person that uses aero bars. I don't like putting weight on my forearms like that. Um, I have a lot of bad um, uh, scars that make it really uncomfortable for me. Um, but definitely like Badlands is a great um, race for our aero bars. I think because people um, can have multiple positions. Um, but something that you need to get used to before you actually like don't don't add your arrow bars on the week before the race. That's like a multi-month process um, to get used to, but makes it easier to eat while you're riding. Cool. Now we'll play a game. Uh, we'll ask you a question and then just answer with uh, one or two words. OK. What do you prefer, day or night? Day. Sweet or salty? both uh i like sweet at the f- at first and then salty towards the end of the race 
Your favorite food? Croissants, preferably chocolate croissants. Those can get messy in the heat. <laughs> yes, they, they can. But you know what? I, it, it, if I could retreat. Yeah, they're a treat. They're an incentive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we kind of talked about this, but sleep or no sleep. So I think you're transitioning to. Yeah, no sleep. No sleep. Pre- preferably, but if, if, if necessary, a small bit of sleep. Gravel or mountain bike? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, gravel bike on mountain bike trails. Um, I love I love my gravel bike. I feel really comfortable on it, but I do really like to ride technical terrain. Um, so yeah, part of bad, the thing about Badlands that was so exciting was it's super technical. Like there are some sections, um, and that's where uh, that's a thing that I um, I look for in a race. I would rather do something that's more interesting and technical. Well, this is a race in in Europe or America. Maybe we can expand on this. Um, always choose Europe. I don't know. As American, I've seen a lot of races here. I've done a lot of the gravel races. Um, actually, I haven't done enough of the ultra races. There aren't too many here. Um, and the ones that are here are more are longer and um, usually more mountain bike kind of feet. Um, but yeah, I would prefer to race um, in Europe or South America. I think both of those places are really wonderful for, for ultra racing or, or I'm sure sh- shorter races as well. Yeah, it's like there's so many, right? And there's so many places to explore and all of these races in Europe or South America. Um, such an adventure. I mean, mm-hmm. to take away from the race in America, they're all great. And presumably maybe Tour Divide is on your on your radar for down the line. So, mm-hmm. um, But you either go from, right, Unbound XL to Tour Divide. Is there, there isn't a ton in between? Or... I think there are a couple of races. Um... Yeah, Leola is doing the the trifecta or whatever it is. It's a Colorado trail race, the Arizona trail race, and Tour Divide. And those ones are all great, but they're just, I'm not interested in them. I'd rather go to Europe and have a vacation and explore a new place than see a place I've already been to. Yeah. I think that's great. That's what's, yeah, been following along. And I'm sure we're going to see more Americans doing a bit of that as they see. see various people in in Europe and other places and um, at some of these great great uh, locations I agree music or no music while you're writing music while I'm writing but I like I mentioned earlier I I try not to for a while actually and I listen to audiobooks as well Um, those are something to keep your mind busy and not thinking about exactly what you're doing but yeah I would prefer music to no music Um, I guess favorite place in the world but maybe in reference to this like all the, all the events you've done uh, yeah that's a tough one I think each place has its benefits I think um, Chile was probably the coolest place I've ever been to and um, yeah just the landscape is some of it's it's really like being on the moon I mean Badlands is really really cool and it's it's got its remote areas um, but I think Chile just Oh, it's beautiful. And this year they're changing the route. Um, so I'm going to go back and see. Um, it's a little bit more south in true Patagonia. Uh, so I'll get to see that area, which is going to be another just breathtaking place. So, yeah, anybody who gets a chance to go to that region of the world, it's really, really wonderful. Thank you all for listening to us today. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, everybody, for joining and uh, keep on hearing us because we will have very special guests with us the next few episodes. And yeah, just to hear about it, uh, go to any social uh, from Velocio, their website, Instagram, their Twitter, and you can hear all the news there. Uh, Yeah, I'll see you next time.